What up, y'all? We're talking about Ash by Elegance, TNA, and Charlotte Flair. All of that coming up. What's up, guys? This is Zoe Stark. You're listening to Women's Wrestling Talk. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. Happy Friday, y'all. Welcome to Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet, WWT Live, the Friday edition. We have so much to talk about, but we are not alone. The professor is in the building. Go forward. Go forward. Go forward. Go forward. What's good, Professor? How are you doing? These crack me up all the time. I am good for a Friday. How are you, TK? I'm good. And I think it's only apropos that you introduce our next guest since he's your main co-host every Tuesday, which I'm slightly jealous about. But, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you give you the honors. <laughs> well, this guy has been doing a ton across the wrestling world. He is an incredible uh, commentator in terms of all things pro wrestling. I get to work with him every single week as part of uh, Wrestle Extra, which is on his YouTube channel. He's part of another great podcast called Wrestlings. And uh, he's hanging out with us here on WWT Live. He is known as WrestleManiac, a.k.a. Mex. Mex is in the building all the way from the U.K., What's going on, good brother? I'm good, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you for that introduction. And TK, thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. And, you know, he, he has graced us with his presence. He's coming back from the streets. Uh, he said he's in the building as well. What's good, said he said. How's everybody doing? Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Rusev man. Day, sir. That, that too. That yes. too. Yes. I like it's, it. It's, you know, and I'm going to say that for for off air. I was going to say something wildly inappropriate, like I typically Uh-oh. do. But let's let's get we're, let's we're, get we're going. We're used to it. No, 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 no. Let, well, we're this, fine. This, Let it this fly. This is Mex's first day. Like you don't want to baptize him by fire. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll save it. We'll save it till after. Uh, what what we got first? <laughs> oh Lord. Well, well, there are lots of places we should start. You mentioned Ash by Elegance at the start of the show, so let's start there. Ash by Elegance has been part of the talk of all things pro wrestling because of her debut at Hard to Kill on TNA, um, and so everyone, of course, took a look at her look, compared it immediately to Tony Storm. In fact, we had a lot of conversation about that here uh, on our last show on Wednesday. We got our our first kind of real look at her uh, yesterday on TNA Impact, which is the new name of their weekly show. But then she went on to Busted Open Radio. She talked about her release from WWE. And one of the things that she said was she was a little confused receiving the phone call because she got the call on a Thursday. But literally two days before, she was being told that she was going to be booked for a pay-per-view on NXT. So she was very, very confused by it, but she also went on to say that she was not going to allow uh, WWE to stop her career. And so she went on and continued to do things in fitness, and you know she got that special account that Kane probably is into. But uh, from there, TNA reached out to her, and uh, she really, really felt like TNA was the perfect fit for her. She said it was everything I was looking for. She said, talking with Tommy Dreamer and Gail Kim was the best, and it made me feel like this is the place 
to be. So congratulations to her and her newfound freedom. I still don't know if we fully understand or have more insight into who Ash by Elegance is, but uh, it is certainly a new start for her in TNA. So congratulations. Yeah, I feel like um, we're, I mean, as we said plenty of times, TNA allows for, in particularly the women, I, I suppose the men as well, for them to be as creative as possible. So we're going to see, um, I'm betting, banking, we're going to see some ideas that she's probably been wanting to do. Um, and we're going to see a different version of her. Just looks wise, it's like, I mean, she could have definitely just came as Dana Brooke or a version of Dana Brooke, but just looks wise, she switched it up entirely. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm curious how it's all going to all gonna look um, pan out. You mentioned looks, and what's interesting to me is how, I mean, take away the hair and the outfit and stuff. Her face looks completely different than it did in in WWE. And I don't I don't know if that was just the makeup that they were doing with her or or what, but it it's it's startling. Yeah. I, I mean it seems like she changed out um she changed her workout routine. Like, mm. you know, when she was when she first started off, it seemed like she was well, she was definitely doing more bodybuilder type stuff. Um and it seems like she's doing um more calisthenics, which mm. tends to change change your your body type quite a bit as far as her face i mean and it, it could be it could be makeup it could be a hairstyle you know stuff like that she hasn't really worn that short cut before so you know all that all that stuff i think it's um really good to see her try this brand new character i think um that's probably one negative i would say about trinity's run in tna it was probably a bit too close to what she was in WWE and we didn't really see anything um, experimenting. Although, you know, you could argue Trinity and her WWE character worked a lot better than Dana Brooke in um, WWE. So it's kind of good that she didn't rely on just being Dana Brooke elsewhere or, you know, Dana, Dana Elegance, Dana Ash or whatever she would have called herself. Right. Um, right. She literally had to throw that away because literally, like I say, it didn't work. And mm -hmm. um, she's come with something completely different. And, I, I, I've always kind of rode for um, Dana Brooke because she's she's worked in WWE for so long, avoided so many of these cuts and everything. Um, whether you want to call it going under the radar or, you know, her, her time ran out, whatever you want to call it. Like, she was in the midst of, um, you know, a story in NXT when she lost her job, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, this, this I guess the, the main question mark next to this character now is that we literally have something that looks very similar with Tony Storm. Um, and it's I'm just unfortunate that it's like, whether that was by design or what, like, do people, are people going to give it a chance? Because Tony Storm is doing something is very similar and absolutely killing it right now on a bigger platform. So by default, is Ash by Elegance, you know, just uh, a copycat almost, whatever you want to call it. SETI? You know what? There's so much discourse about her character shift, and I'm just hoping that the in-ring work does the talking. With this new character, what I really hope for, because I love to see people land on their feet in different companies, I hope that we see a different style in her performance in-ring. Less of the, the gymnast style, maybe more into the power style she had back in the day when she was Charlotte's understudy. I hope that's what happens, because 
there's a lot of discourse about if she stole a gimmick, if she's wearing a similar hairstyle, if she's channeling the 1920s and the 30s. I just hope the in-ring character shows such a, a good mean streak that we see the difference between Dana Brooke and Ash by Elegance. Name aside, because I'm going to be very vocal about this. I'm not feeling the name. Sounds like a fragrance. Don't know what we're going to get. But she has a chance to really set her stamp on uh, the women's division in TNA and really be a character that we can sink our teeth in. Because the cool thing about it is she's a part of the conversation. Whereas mm -hmm. WWE, that was few and far between. There was always give Dana Brooke a chance. Where's Dana Brooke? Oh, she's 24-7 champion. Now she's almost dominating a talking point, dominating a space that probably wasn't really used to. So I think she even tweeted this out, like, good or bad, you guys are at least discussing it. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the most beautiful thing about all of this. We're actually talking about Dana Brooke because we want to know more. Right. That's the win. Um, I also shout to MDB999, Bobby, Dylan, Diamondhead. Um, thank you guys for joining um, joining the conversation. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, maybe the Ash by Elegance, even though it sounds like a fragrance, maybe she's supposed to be a business person. Like, who, know, who knows what the, what the variation of everything is going to be? But it's gonna be, it is going to be exciting and to be part of that conversation. Um, and with the Trin Trinity comment. She is a business person. She's selling that, that site that, uh, that Kane oh. likes, right? Professor said, you know? Oh, I, I thought you were on the site too, but all right. Um, <laughs> I'm a wholesome man, you know? Wholesome. Wholesome. Okay. Um, so with that be and then the thing with Trinity as well is like I feel like Trin kept the character because she was actually she wasn't able to actually uh explore it as much as she wanted to at WWE. Like she wanted to do a lot of the stuff uh at WWE and they kind of really put um restraints on her so i guess she fully wanted to see what the what her character could do if there were where there there were no holdbacks so um you know we'll we'll see how that all kind of uh pans out but with that being said what do we got next well you mentioned trinity it's probably a good time to talk about some trinity news trinity for one um appeared on impact last night to issue that rematch challenge and so she's going to be taking that rematch and that's going to air next week we also know that this weekend she is in Orlando with TNA for more TNA taping. So at least for the foreseeable future, we get uh, Trinity, which I think is pretty cool. And also looking at some things that happened last night, Nick Nemeth made his first appearance officially on TNA Impact, had quite the conversation last night, uh, ended up being interrupted by Steve Macklin, which was interesting. But uh, he also has been asked a lot of questions, and one of the questions he was asked recently by Sports Kita is if he would be going to AEW. After all, he has appeared in New Japan. He's appeared in TNA. Is AEW the next stop? One of the things that he said is he's focused very much so on New Japan and TNA. And, uh, yeah, at this particular point, that is not on his radar, but uh, he's really looking forward to what he can do with that he's also doing a number of indie appearances over the next few months which i think is going to be amazing but him in tna just looks like it really really fit and it looks like he's excited about this new chapter uh for him yeah i'm excited i'm excited as well i i i need to check out that interview because i'm curious to see because at one point he's really wanting to start to put more work into his comedy mm -hmm. um and now it seems like he's 
you know, I don't know if it's because we're going to talk about him as well. Like John Cena is on the back end of his career and he realizes and he kind of has a timeline of things he wants to do. I wonder if that's the same thing. It's like not necessarily you're in the back end of your career, but you don't necessarily want to be wrestling um, at 50 or 60 every day of the week. So maybe there's things that you want to check off. So I'm curious as far as the balance and how he made, he came to that decision. It's interesting. One of the things we know about the TNA schedule is it affords him the opportunity to, if he's going to wrestle four times a month, it only happens basically over four days mm -hmm. instead of, you know, 12 or 13 or 14 days. You know, the travel would be less. It allows him to do some other things and allows him to have some matches and some experiences that he hasn't been able to have throughout his 20 year career. So I think, I think it's interesting for him. And I wonder if, the AEW schedule with it being weekly would still be more than he technically would want to give right now, you know? So it, it'd be interesting to see. Plus again, he comes in right now at the top of the card battling potentially for the world title. Not sure. Well, I shouldn't say not sure. We could probably guarantee that with as many people who are gunning for the world title in AEW right now, that probably would not be his starting point if he entered AEW. It, it's there very congested. It's very congested in AEW. If he's to kind of go in, um, uh, it sounds crazy to say, but his name almost doesn't hold enough weight at this point. There's not enough stock in the Nick Nemeth name for him to be, you know, straight to the top of the card or whatever the case is. Um, so yeah, I think he's made the right choice with with TNA. It almost looks like home. There's something about it that looked like you know. TNA, TNA from from 06 or whatever with him being mm -hmm. there. And um, I think <clears throat> I never saw that he necessarily wanted to continue um, like a full-time wrestling career. Like obviously TK's mentioned the, the comedy stuff that he's got an interest in and he's been doing for some years now. So I, I was very surprised to see him in Wrestle Kingdom turning up, mm -hmm. you know, let alone TNA. So right. um yeah, these are these are really good places for him. I think TNA need, you know, top guys like that, especially with this this rebrand. Um, even, you know, one could argue New Japan needs some top guys, especially with the news after today. So um he could he could definitely have a part to play, build his name up, this Nick Nemeth name up, and then if he wanted to try out an AEW, you know, have a have a good crack at it from more or less the top of the card. You know what? I'm actually really glad that this got shot down early because that speculation is literally always there with whoever um, suddenly leaves WWE. It's like, when are you showing up in AEW? But I'm actually here for this. I, I Like the viewership aside, I, I think I'm going to start tuning in TNA. I've been a big Dolph Ziggler head since Spirit Squad, since the awkward backstage handshakes segments that he was doing earlier in his career. And I think yeah. this is cool for him because this is somebody who legitimately has a claim as best in-ring performer of his generation. And he yes. gets to be in a space where it's all about the ring work and you don't have to focus too much on your character work and just go put on good matches, which is what he does almost better than anybody else. So age aside, I think he can is going to show like, hey, I've been backstage doing things, but I can still come be a top car performer with any talent around the world. So whatever dates he has and if he does, he's going to do the New Japan tour. That's going to be amazing. Uh, along with TNA stateside, echoing professor's sentiments about the schedule being lighter, we're going to see way more quality out of Nick Nimick from this stage of his career. 
quietly has kept has probably been there the whole time he's been on ice and WWE. The entire time. He's like, hey, we still got this guy we can call on, but it's like we just don't have time for Dolph Ziggler because we have all these other guys we gotta build. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. So I look forward to it. It definitely, it definitely will be. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see what those storylines look like. Um, but yeah, I think we hinted on it, Professor. What do we got next? Yeah, we hinted at it. So thank you, Mex, for the lob. Uh, there's a massive story that has been brewing over the last 24 hours. And uh, it's interesting for all of the talk about people who have left WWE that are appearing elsewhere. This is probably right now, certainly the biggest conversation for 2024. Bigger than where is Trinity going to go? Bigger than where is Mercedes going to go? Kazuchika Okada is officially leaving New Japan pro wrestling new japan announced this which i just think the concept that they announced it is crazy they announced this uh yesterday on their socials that his final day with them is january the 31st now for those who don't watch new japan pro wrestling let me just try to put this in context for you the magnitude of who kazuchika okada is he has main evented mechs get me right here Easily the last seven or eight Wrestle Kingdoms. Wrestle Kingdom is the equivalent to WrestleMania in the States. If we're putting equivalents, Okada is arguably the John Cena of Japan. And not in terms of wrestling ability, because in terms of wrestling ability, he's probably the Shawn Michaels or Ric Flair of Japan. He is, without a doubt, the 60-minute man. He is, I mean, think about it. Most Americans in this modern era got put on to New Japan because of the matches that were happening between Kazuchika Okada and Kenny Omega. I know that's what got me into New Japan uh, several years ago with Wrestle Kingdom. He is that guy. Someone said basically he's the Japanese Roman Reigns. He's bigger than that. He's bigger <laughs> than that. Let me just be clear. He's bigger than that. And he wrestles far more regularly than Roman Reigns has in the last three years. Whenever Kazuchika Okada is on the card, he's always at the top of the card. He's never going to give you a five-minute match. He has been the flagship for New Japan Pro Wrestling. So for New Japan to lose him and to lose Will Ospreay at the same time is a massive blow for New Japan. And yet everybody's talking, where will Okada land now mex i know this is your wheelhouse i know you've been talking about this quite a bit so i'd love for you to lend your expertise here man firstly what does this do to new japan and secondly where do we see okada landing it completely just guts out new japan and continues this trend that's been happening over the last year obviously you mentioned osprey you know is starting in AEW in february um okada said he's leaving on the 31st of january jay white that's another top guy that left last year mm -hmm. tanahashi yes he's not the tanahashi of yesteryears but he's moved upstairs now into you know the more senior position so yeah it's one of them ones where this is this is their you know their main event scene, their top talents, literally gutted. And there's guys coming through, but they're not ready yet. They're just not ready yet. They, it's like being thrown into into position. Like you remember when Vince all those years stood up and was like, you know, ruthless aggression. Who's got it? Sort of right. thing. Like it's it's that right. kind of situation now. Like yeah. who's gonna stand up and be counted? And um, 
ideally it would have been nice if they knew Okada was leaving long term and um they could have he could have started helping to put people over and all of that kind of stuff um but it's, it's just happened it was mentioned earlier this month i think people swept it under the carpet last week he trademarked rainmaker and i think people slept on that wow people slept he trademarked rainmaker and i think everyone just thought oh maybe nothing not much of it and then obviously today he came out with what he said his agent is barry bloom you know famous barry bloom oh, that wow. took osprey wow. to aew the Bucks to AEW renewed those contracts mm-hmm. recently. Um, so I guess the smart money is on he's going to end up in AEW where he could probably live the best of both lives, earn the big paycheck, still live in Japan if he wanted to, or you mm-hmm. know, go back to Japan and work for New Japan fairly re- um, frequently. I think the bigger conversation is, you know, and I know the answer is probably just money, but why can't New Japan hold on to any of their stars? Like it's... Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's you know we're now creating we spoke so for so long about how important it is to not have a monopoly in wrestling AEW came along and provided you know a second option brilliant but now it's literally you know a duopoly between AEW and WWE of where everyone's landing so AEW is a smart choice um it's somewhat the safe choice he has a lot of relationships with people there um TK is said to be a big fan and um, like I said, he can still have those ties to New Japan. Um, WWE, I guess, is the unknown. We know Triple H is on a mission to repair relationships with um, the Latino community when it comes to wrestling, the Japanese community when it comes to wrestling. So mm-hmm. I can't help but think if Triple H really wanted him, they pushed out the boat for him, they would use him. They, they could just make him you know, a champion ASAP just to really show they're serious about him. And WWE is obviously, it'll be more fresh, there's more new, there's matchups that we haven't seen, you know, whereas AEW probably seen um, some of them. Imagine, you know, AJ Styles, um, a Brock Lesnar, um, a Randy Orton, even a Reigns, like there's there's different kind of proliferate of guys that, that would be good to see Okada go up against. But yeah, like you said, this is, it's massive. Okada and Tanahashi probably around... 2010 2011 they saved that company they were the guys that the company really got behind and really pulled that company out of you know the hole that they were going into i remember seeing maybe like two years ago wrestle kingdom sales ticket sales and just up and up and up and that's reflective of the period where okada was just in the main event every single (laughs) year like pulling out bangers um yeah, it's 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 just a very sticky place for New Japan to be. Exciting maybe for, you know, wrestling fans that have heard of him but haven't seen him outside of Japan and want to see that. Um, but yeah, I think New Japan need to really come up with a solid plan to retain their stars. And then it's, of course, where where is he going to end up, which is, um, I guess, the next big question everyone wants to know the answer to. Yeah. I mean, on a money front, because it seems like, um, AEW and New Japan have a good working relationship. So it's on the money front, it is a money thing, and we don't know, this is all speculation. It is a money thing, and they're trying to offset the, the money by having him be somewhere at like AEW, but he can still wrestle for New Japan. Then it's a win-win for both parties, meaning that you know they still have the brand recognition, um, they have the relationship, all that stuff, and they can either reorganize or whatever it is on the back end. Because that's what it really seems like it. Because even when Will Ospreay, they had him 
at the, the media scrum, it didn't seem like, you know, for instance, we had, we asked by elegance. She's with, she's with TNA now. And she talks about her leaving WWE and how, like, how it wasn't, you know, the ideal situation for her. Whereas this one, it, it was kind of like, okay, I'm going over to AEW, but the door is still open to wrestle at New Japan or wherever you want to wrestle. Um, so it might be just more of a money thing to reorganize things um, opposed to closing the doors down completely. Okada had, um, Okada had a lot of troubles with the last president. I think someone just mm -hmm. said, said it there. Yeah, he had mm -hmm. a lot of troubles with the last president. That I don't know yeah. whether they were over money and just booking and stuff like that. And then eventually, obviously, they got rid of that president. Tanahashi came in. Um, yeah. And yeah, maybe like you're saying this, TK, it's just a case of, well, it's like kind of like, let's put him over here in AEW. We can still use him. They can pay him the wage he's after. Um mm -hmm. It's funny, w, um, wrestling fans are having a bit of a meltdown today of Okada. Japanese Twitter today is having a meltdown because his wife is like a superstar over there. So it's mm -hmm. like, oh my God, they're, 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 she's leaving for America and all of that kind of stuff. So yeah, she's she's like some type of socialite, you know, big model out there. So yeah, it's, it's interesting to see, you know, there's a lot of kind of factors around this. Um but yeah, I just feel like I don't know how how this company is gonna progress. Who's the next big star that you you build around? Because even the likes of a, a Naito, he's pushing on. You know, a, a Shingo Takagi, they don't really seem to rate for whatever reason. He's he's terrific. Um, and then everyone else is the next crop down. You got a ZSJ, you know, which you'd think is almost his opportunity now, but. Um, they are probably going to be very tentative with the gaijins, the foreigners there, because, you know, traditionally they give the foreigners the belt and they raise their stock and then they leave. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting how they go forward with this, but yeah, it's going to, it's big news. Anything said? It, it, it's fascinating really um, to have, a free agent of this magnitude be on the market and kind of saying the wrestling media in a in a swirl because we don't really know. I mean, AEW makes the most sense with the working relationship, as we've seen with other performers, but there is that elephant in the room, like and Mex pointed out perfectly that Triple H is pretty much hell bent on repairing relationships. Mm -hmm. And now how hell bent is the question. Now I think um there was a product put in our chat earlier about um it's a known fact that Okada always wanted to perform at WrestleMania. Also, um, and of course, the the higher ups know that. So, are they going to put a full court press on for uh, Okada? Also, I think it was Muscle Man Malcolm who pointed out on Twitter that the recent uh, promo by Shinsuke Nakamura was liked by Okada about we're waiting or something like that. They have a storied friendship as well. So, do you go do the performances that you that we've seen, you know, in AEW where you can kind of have the grand presentation and kind of get lost around? Do you know if you're going to be put in the main picture? Or do you go pursue a dream that you've had, and even, if, even if it's just a one-off? One thing that I'll point out by WWE that we know is going to be a consistent factor now is international shows. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a thing going forward. Yeah. If you do bring Okada in the fold, I think you debut him at an international show. And that would be such a big audience that it will have the direct presentation and that, that you want for somebody of his magnitude. So I think I, I would have to believe there's a plan in place either way. 
but it's going to be a very interesting, let's call it 30 days uh, yeah. of what we're going to see. And it's also just dependent. I mean, like, I think we both, we said this both with uh, Trinity and Mercedes, as far as wherever they're going, if they're ending up going with, with Okada, it's one of those things that if he does go to WWE, he can essentially write his own check. Meaning that if there's certain things that he wants and WWE agrees to it, then it makes sense. If there's certain things he wants and WWE's like, WWE's like, no, this, this is the WWE way. This is how we do things. I think he's at a point in his career where it's like, he, like, either take me as I am or like I can go wherever I want. So, um, you know, if you if it's more like, okay, it's a short-term contract, I'm here for a year and a half, I'm getting paid enough that I don't have to, you know, wrestle at other promotions and stuff like that, but it's a short enough contract where I can go and do other things after the fact, there's that too. So it really just depends on um, man management. This is where This is where the people where it's like, Okada says what he wants, he tells his manager, they go and have a discussion. If the price is right and it makes sense and you're happy, then you know, there, there you go. I mean, look at look at Jade Cargo. Like she's she's training, but I guarantee, and you know, don't take my guarantee for everything, but I guarantee the check she's getting, she she's good. She's not like, oh man, I can't wait to debut. Like it's like she wants to debut, but when she does, it's gonna be a totally different Jade. Than what mm -hmm. we saw at AEW, mm -hmm. and they're paying her more than enough to to do that. So um, I I definitely agree with you, Professor. Where like WWE is doing a new approach, um, where they're a little bit more bendy with people and stuff like that, based off of you know social media and presence and how long you've been in the game and you know the the ROI, return on investment, etc. So yeah, well, I mean, anything's possible. Yeah, it, anything is possible. And, and with the talk of, again, the international expansion of WWE, I mean, think about it. They have, what, four pay-per-views or premium live events this year internationally? You know, there is a strong, strong uh, effort to really expand in that space. They clearly have the money, so money's not an issue. It's just an issue of will he fit in where they're looking forward uh, to doing things. And if that's the case... Look out, world, because this is going to be awesome. There yeah. it is. Cedric, Cedric made a really good point about those international shows debuting him at an international show. Obviously, the next mm -hmm. one that's on the cards is this Australia show, um, Elimination Chamber. And yes, it's Elimination Chamber. But ultimately, geographically at least, Australia is round the corner from Japan. Mm -hmm. Like, if you, if you wanted to kind of drop a little hint you know, like AEW did, best in the world this, best in the world that, whatever, you know, coin drop, rainmaker, something like that. Right. And hint that he was going to be at Elimination Chamber. You'll probably get a lot of Jap Japanese fans down in Australia to, to see that. And, you know, big stadium show, you know, it'll be great to kind of um, debut him there, like Cedric's kind of suggested. Yeah. I think um, the only other question that I guess I'll leave to, to the room to, to give your answers what is now the point in AEW Forbidden Door? All the mm. talents that we mm. would have wanted to see, the crossover, the dream matches, assuming Okada joins them in AEW, they all mm -hmm. work for the company now. So That's true. What are the what are dream matches left? What why why do we why do we do we need uh, AEW Forbidden Door anymore? Mm -hmm. I think you're exactly right. 
You know, I mean, if the whole idea was to create this idea for Forbidden Door, but everybody that you want to see, because right now in New Japan, if we think about it, who who would we want to see from the current iteration of New Japan battle somebody in AEW? And we can't really think of a name. Okada, Osprey, those were the two main ones. We've seen Tanahashi. Um, outside of that, you know, everybody else they were bringing was just kind of, I mean, it was cool, but it wasn't like, oh my gosh, not worthy of an entire pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. So that un- unless they're able to establish something with perhaps All Japan or some other organization, but the problem is if people are thinking of Japan, they primarily think of New Japan, you know? Um, and so in terms of other organizations around the world that are doing the kind of thing with progress, maybe, I mean, like it's, it's hard to name another organization that is, that would garner the interest that people would go, wow, you know, CMLL. I don't know if that's a forbidden door kind of thing because we're getting the, the Mexican influence almost weekly. On on uh, AEW, we've seen Commander, Vikingo, you know, like all of these people, Gravity, all these people that have just kind of, they've just worked into the weekly show. So that does get interesting. And then you couple that with obviously the big all-in show that happens in London. Um, is it necessary? That's a great question. It's mm. a great question. Wow. Yeah, I don't know, because it seems like sometimes... Uh, I mean, we've all talked about the fake TK. Um, it seems like they, it's when you, it's when you um, have all the money in the world, but you don't necessarily have the game plan in place. Um, because in how things are going with so many different things, you have the television, you have social media, you have the wrestlers themselves. And, and then you also have these wrestlers where they have these open door policies. It's like, you have to formulate this plan and everything is subject to change barring injury and stuff like that. But um, sometimes it feels like it's just more like, like he's a fan of that wrestler and he can afford to get that wrestler. But then as far as the plan, the long-term plan, it's, it's not quite there. Um, and that's where it's like, it's one of those things that as the wrestler, you now you have this open door policy where you can do what it is. You can either, you know, choose to sit on the bench, collect the check and, you know, live your best life. Um, and then, you know, pitch certain things. And because the fake TK is a fan, you can see it, but it might not go, uh, oh, you haven't heard the fake TK? Yeah. I mean, I'm the real one. Um, so, um, it doesn't necessarily go as planned. So I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be quite interesting. Um, Especially now, I feel like kind of going back to what we initially said about TNA, the way TNA, or maybe we said this before we came on there, uh, the way TNA is stepping up their game, I feel like AEW has to definitely look at that, um, not in a form of um, competition, but more of like, they're, you kind of know the direction they're headed in. Um, so that's that's another thing too. So we'll, we'll, we'll see, it's, it's fascinating. But also, um, you know, I feel like I could speak for all of us. We're not gonna, you know, lose lose our sleep over where 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 they're going. Where a lot of people want to die on the hill, as far as, you know, where everybody's going. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's serious, but it's we're not collecting their check. I don't see none. Of the, I don't see none of Trinity's check. So I'm happy where she wants wherever she wants to go. <laughs> yeah. 
Dylan saying, I usually sleep on, what, what, Dylan, you and Perth is just like me and the Inland Empire in California. Just, there's just wow. not, we're not really feeling it. So, I'm what, what's that? It seems like Perth is just not a distant, a distant land that there's really nothing going on. And that is kind of like the Inland Empire. So I kind of get where, and you know, Dill is just more about it, but it feels like it's on the same, the same level. So. <laughs> I enjoy my community very much. That's, that's all I'll say. Yeah, it allows you to run the streets. Okay. Uh, let, let's let's talk about this. This is uh we're talking that about, is about to pound the streets. This is we're talking massive changes <laughs> in the sports world. So from this whole thing of Okada to this other news, which is actually wrestling related, all things considered, and that's what's going on with Sports Illustrated. Sports Illustrated today uh announced that they are going to be laying off most, if not probably all of their employees it's really quite crazy the story is a wee bit convoluted and so we won't get into all of those things but it's been a tough four years for sports illustrated and uh basically the way we got here is that there's a parent company called abg who terminated uh, the license for Arena, which takes care of Sports Illustrated, because they did not pay the quarterly fee, uh, despite being given a notice of breach and an opportunity to cure the breach. Now, why we talk about this in the wrestling context is because lately Sports Illustrated has been one of those trusted sources to talk about pro wrestling, and such that if you got mentioned by Sports Illustrated, like it was a really big deal. And they had been regularly covering a lot of wrestling over these last few years. And so for the idea that Sports Illustrated could go away after 70 years of serving mm. the sports community uh, is kind of scary. And I'm curious to ask, you know, what do you think this does for pro wrestling coverage for a major sports entity like Sports Illustrated to potentially be going away? Um, I found this fascinating because Sports Illustrated and Pitchfork. Pitchfork, mm -hmm. Pitchfork is going to be absorbed by GQ. And then yep. you also have Sports Illustrated. And there is a possibility that it will come back. But when I was reading the story, it kind of reminds me of, um, of Blockbuster, meaning that mm. you have these magazines who are big, because I think Dylan made reference to it. Does, uh, does Sports Illustrated covers hit like they used to? And it's like, no, because we don't really, I mean, I could speak for myself. I can't remember the last time I bought a magazine. Like I see it, I see it in the grocery store. I may or may not pick it up. There's a 90% chance that I don't. Uh, I see the cover. That's cute. If there's something that catches my eye, I'll look up whatever the story is on my phone. And even if it's not from that magazine, you'll get the story Which from phone? somewhere else. <laughs> the burner phone. Um, so, <laughs> so um, it's, you know, the, the covers are still beautiful. I think they still were doing the, um, the, the model one that I think yeah. it happened every November or something like that. But I feel like they never, this is where it's key to kind of find the right person to evolve. Like if you think of, if you look at like the Nike story, or if you look at different stories or even um, Pepsi, um, they brought in a certain individual that was a visionary to kind of get them through 
that changing period. And I don't think Sports Illustrated did that. Um, however, if they if they manage to get get it back, it's like, what are you going to do with it? Um, and it was also like a money thing too. So it is sad, but unfortunately, like a lot of a lot of places are firing departments, and and it's one of those things where. Um, it's it's kind of speaking to what I spoke to before with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Allegedly, I don't know what New New, New, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling's books look like. However, a lot of things where you're seeing people that are losing departments and stuff like that, it all boils down to the money. It has nothing to do with the talent. Um, so it's if they get another chance, really to figure out what they how they can balance it out. This is yeah. sad. It is. Like, this is like the continued death of not only like physical media but like things that were so prominent in the 90s like you mentioned blockbuster thing like has the opportunity to come back that makes me think of toys arrest still ain't back yet physical media is slowly dying journalism is slowly dying you can just mm -hmm. tell by the way twitter has transformed since the ownership change but like the way we receive news and media and this affects wrestling in a big way i feel like a lot of the in the past 90 days alone, a lot of big stories have broke. A lot of big interviews have broke with Sports Illustrated. I think mm -hmm. MJF, um, as well as Bailey, recently had articles written on them by Justin Barrasso. So this is huge in the instance that there are a lot of outlets that can cover wrestling, but Sports Illustrated was kind of like a stamp where it's like, oh, this is like, I can kind of blur the lines between scripted and real reality and kind of learn more about this person, uh, the performer who's going to play this character. We're not going to have stuff like that um, unless bigger outlets like Fox Sports, ESPN pick up their coverage of of wrestling and combat sports as a whole. So mm -hmm. it's very interesting. And this is not a story that should be overlooked. Everybody should really be up in arms like what's going to happen here, because it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. And that's for sure. Well, I know ESPN does have um, uh, coverage. And it's one of those things where um, obviously they make their the bulk of their money covering, you know, major sports. So they do have covers for wrestling and MMA and stuff like that. Um, shout out to Mark over there. But, um, you know, they don't push it because that's not where their, be their bread is butter. Um, so it's it, generated it, around the bigger shows, too. Yeah. It won't be like yeah, your, sure. your in-between PLEs, usually around the bigger shows. It's like it's this is so alarming like we just laid what east beta refs last year so like damn yeah yeah was it last year or the year before it i think it was 22 it might have been 22 it might have been 22. in the I uk mean, yeah. they so i was gonna say in the uk they've recently um got rid of wwe kids magazine which you know a lot of I'm sure they probably have some equivalent um, in the states, but yeah, obviously the 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 writers of or the main editor, he's had to just move into something else. He's literally he's a friend of mine. He's running around looking for another publisher that's gonna pick it up and take it on. WWE don't seem too interested in you know pushing for it. I guess they just believe the kids will find that media elsewhere or maybe on the internet or whatever the case is. But um, yeah, for people that maybe don't expose their their kids in this sense to you know the internet, and obviously this is WWE Kids magazine is for a, a really kind of younger age, five, six, seven year olds and stuff mm -hmm. in their fandom. 
it just completely just wipes out you know that level of the fan and you know always go into the shop on a saturday with with your mom and picking it up from the grocery store whatever the case may be gone and mm -hmm. just you know no plans on how to or when it's going to be replaced yeah but we're also not and this is where it like this is i feel like my mom when i say this because it's like one of those things where a lot of things are no longer what we're used to as far as you talking about cursive writing a check writing a letter like um my church i think three or four weeks ago we we're doing this letter it's the whole thing and they literally had to go and have a video to show people how to like write and post the letter because it's not commonplace anymore um so you know with the with the medium like a magazine um you know people are often and you know we have two parents on here so you let me know if i'm wrong people often rather give their kids the ipad because it's one thing you don't have to you know, bring several books or whatever, you can switch to different things versus, you know, a magazine or a book, because you can get all that on the iPad. So even the the physical medium of it, like I have magazines as decorations now that I bought maybe like 10 years ago. And it's like, you know, those covers of like prints or wherever, but those are literally decorations. Like I, you know, I have no, you know, use for them um, in that sort of way. So it's, it's, it's sad for us because that was part of our you know, growing up, like everybody bought some form of a magazine, whether it's music or sports or Sports Illustrated, stuff like that. But I don't know, like, did, did, when's the last time you guys purchased a magazine of any sort? It's fair. That's a fair no point. idea. Yeah, no yeah. idea, really. It's a fair point. So I what remember one of them door to door said, Yo, <laughs> no. Oh, okay. My bad. All right. I thought you were. No, I, remember, I, was gonna say, I remember a door to door salesman came by my uh, apartment one day and caught me looking through the peak hole, called me out on it, and got me to subscribe to like some fitness magazine for a year. And I felt bad because he was a <laughs> special needs uh, gentleman, but he, he, he got me. He was like, Oh, I see you looking through the peak hole. And it's wow. subscribing for like a year for a fitness mag that I've never even used. Sheesh. So that was the last time. It's wild. So, yeah. I mean, they just have to figure out if, if they get the opportunity again. And I, and I don't doubt that they were trying to figure out. They probably did different stabs at it and stuff like that. But, you know, bringing in somebody who is truly a visionary that you're willing to take a gamble on to figure out what that formula is to keep it around. So, so Sports Illustrated pretty much laid off everybody. Do do we know? So digital content will be gone as well. Do we know? They have, according to the article, and correct me if I'm wrong, Professor. They laid off uh, the majority of people. Then there's going to be a certain amount of people that's going to be staying on for a certain period of time. And in that certain period of time, if they can't pay their debt, then it's completely gone. So they might be you know, essentially limping digitally, um, but mm -hmm. definitely not 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 physical physical is way too expensive you're 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 way better off trying to figure out like or trying to hold on digitally as far as trying to keep whatever the advertisers or whatever who's paying what as far as keeping a little bit of money coming in that look Wow, that scared me, and I'm not even a child. Not like not even not even my dad. <laughs> I knew what that all meant in that look. <laughs> Tell me you're black dad without telling me you're black dad. 
Oh, goodness. <laughs> goodness. Goodness. Okay. Oh, well, before we get into it, all of that. Is Little Professor going to the Rumble? Uh, no. Though he did enjoy his first wrestling foray a couple of weeks ago. It was That was a lot of fun. Is a lot of fun. Um, something uh, that little professor and everybody else can enjoy as well is some merch. Hey, yo, you. Yeah, you. That's watching this. You sitting on the couch staring at the screen not knowing what you want to do. Like, this is an online college. Are you tired of wearing shirts that make you look like an extra stuck in catering? Do you want to step your wrestling swag game up to the next level? Then Women's Wrestling Talk has got you covered. Like, literally. Are you for life in pink or black and white? Or maybe you're the EST and people need to respect you accordingly. Want to put some pride in your stride and show off the muscle in your hustle? Then make sure you check out the WWT store. Not now, but right now. Aight? What you waiting for? Head to www.talkpodstore.com and don't make me fight you. Shit. Oh, uh-oh. I guess a little professor might be, might be, uh, might be something I'm brewing. Um, uh, what else we got to talk about? Dark Side of the Ring? Now, now I'm concerned. Now, now I'm concerned. Why oh, man. You said something's brewing. I hope, I hope little professor is uh, not in any, any trouble. That's, that's what I mean. <laughs> I mean, he's a kid. What kid doesn't get in trouble? That's what they're supposed to do. I never got in trouble. Um, Dark Side of the Ring. We now know what the five, which season five topics are going to be revealed. I think it was early revealed that Kurt Angle would be a topic, but now the other names are going to include um, Harley Race, Chris Adams, Brutus the Beefcake, Buff Bagwell, and I believe there was something along the lines. I'm missing one. Black Saturday with Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the early discussion, what I've seen on these topics, is that it's not as interesting outside of the Kurt Angle one, kind of citing his trials with addiction. But do any of these topics kind of stand out with you guys? I think what I like about Dark Side of the Ring for, for me, it's like certain things, like you might know of the story, but they do an in-depth uh, version of it that you may not have known. So it's like as far as people who really love or like wrestling, you're gonna get more information than you than you bargained for. Like there's gonna be certain stories that you kind of know, you know what happened, but you might get those little tidbits of details that you didn't realize. And then there's also stories that you've never heard about that are now there for you too. Like that's what, I think that's what makes Dark Side of the Ring such a great, um, a great, a great show. So I'm excited. I, I don't, I don't really go too much for the, the gore or when they talk about, you know, um, I think it was like the death match one where it's like, I can't watch this. So, you know, if it goes a little too crazy for me, that's when I don't watch it. But I definitely need to go back and watch. Um, I tap into those ones. And then the AEW um, or the A&E biographies, I really tap into that as well. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'll probably watch the the Kurt Angle one. I tend not to actually, I'm very selective with what I pick from the dark side of the ring, just because I don't, I don't want to kind of <clears throat> enter that realm of hearing like someone that you really enjoyed watching and you know what they are doing in their their free time. So yeah, I, I tend you to like social media. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I tend to I tend to avoid a lot of the dark side of the rings, but the Kurt Angle one for sure because he's one of my favorites. Um, I, I definitely will tune in for that one. All right. 
Speaking of dark side, is little professor okay? Is he? Oh, is he's he... he's he's perfectly fine. He was hungry, so oh, okay. I just went to take care of him with some food and stuff. But he's oh, fine. like we were we you know somebody said that you know he got the, you were getting the strap like we didn't we didn't know <laughs> no was, uh, no, <laughs> no 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 I I went out and he was he was uh, hungry so I just put some food on for him so okay there yeah, he's there, good. there it is uh, so we're he's talking good. about the dark side of rig um, are you looking oh, yes. forward to watching it? I happen to be a massive fan of Dark Side of the Ring. Now, uh, the first season was probably one of my favorites because you got to learn a lot of stories and they all weren't super dark. You know, um, as we've gotten later on with the season, some of them have have gotten super dark seemingly. But I understand like it's called Dark Side of the Ring, you know, so Mm -hmm. that's kind of the premise behind it. Uh, there are a couple of stories that have been done that have kind of ended in a decent way. Uh, this next set, I'm very interested in uh, Brutus Beefcake. Buff Bagwell will be interesting. Um, I had a chance to uh, actually call some matches with Buff Bagwell. And, you know, he's here in Atlanta and we've kind of seen some of his uh, journey and things like that. So it'll be interesting to watch how some of these uh, go on. And so I believe Chris Adams is going to be covered, which I'm really excited about Um, a big name in uh, world-class. And for those who don't know, there would not be any super kick parties without gentleman Chris Adams. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how some of those go. Uh, So it should be a, a really cool season. Um, the challenge has been there are certain stories that I think we've heard a lot of and we've wanted to learn more about. I'm not sure if this season contains those stories that we've always wanted to know and and never knew, like the plane ride from hell and, you know, all that type of stuff. Uh, Mm. So it'll be interesting. It'll be really, really interesting. I just hope that nobody gets caught up too bad because the last couple of seasons have had some modern impact on uh on some names there it is uh do we have anything else we want to cover uh did we talk john cena oh we did not yeah so john cena did a an uh article or conversation with people you know people like the real people uh Mm -hmm. magazine and he talked about Uh, alluded to the fact that his wrestling career is really coming to an end. And he's been talking like this for the last couple of years. But Mm -hmm. in the interview, he said that he turned 47 in the past year and he doesn't have much time left in the WWE. He said that he hopes uh, that he has left a positive legacy for himself and for the fans and for the WWE. He said, I wouldn't be who I am without WWE. He also said at 45... He began crafting an exit strategy, ensuring that his final acts in WWE are as impactful as his entire career has been. So he has been preparing for this particular moment. He was asked if whether or not he wants to have a farewell match or just play a different role in WWE. He said, I just want to do what's best for the company, saying he's open for varying possibilities for his final chapter with wwe so this is going to be very very interesting the last time of course we saw him in the ring was at crown jewel when he lost significantly uh to solo sokoa which was pretty powerful so that lends itself to the question you know will the next time we see cena be the last time we see 
John Cena. And with us nearing the Royal, uh, nearing, I mentioned the Royal Rumble, with us nearing WrestleMania, you got to think that for someone who had the caliber of a career as a John Cena, WrestleMania has to be kind of the last stop. Or I don't know. That's just my thought. Um, before we answer that, Dylan, this this is this is for you. Dylan saying, do people run People magazine or do non-people run People magazine? Yeah. 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 It's a fair question. It's a fair question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was uh, I know I know quite a few writers at People magazine. So yes, there are people who run People magazine. Mm -hmm. So yes. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as Cena, I mean, uh, if you notice as far, he does a lot of voiceover work. If you yes. really listen to it, he does a he lot of voiceover. Yeah. yeah, he does a lot of voiceover work. Obviously, he's in the movies, all the stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't see him taking like a day-to-day -day role at WWE, maybe possibly when he's older, but he also just seems like the type of person that I don't know if they'll be as fulfilling opposed to whatever business ventures or dealing with kids or whatever the thing is. So, um, yeah, I am curious to see what his his exit strategy would be, because also it has to align with the time of what movie he's playing in. Right. Like, right. As far as all that stuff. So, um, I mean, I think his impact was really great. At one point, I did have a John Cena. Um, I want to say a poster, a picture at my desk when I was working at radio. People found mm. that kind of fascinating. Yeah. So. Wow. I was impressed. I think it's a bit of like diminishing returns right now. He came, he beat Solo. Solo Solo has lost every singles match since he beat Cena. Every mm. single one. And that's someone that they're trying to tell us is like the next guy out of the bloodline. Mm. Um, he had the, obviously the program where LA Knight tagged with him. And... Um, I mean, that was good for LA Knight, but <clears throat> I don't know, you know, how much that really did for Cena. And then before that, am I right in saying he had the program with Austin Theory? Yes. At Mania, where, where he said in the in the lead up to it, if you beat me, so what? I'm a part-timer. If I beat you, mm. it does nothing for you. And it's just like, you've now just rubbished this entire feud sort of thing with, you know, his typical Cena-esque promos. So it's like... And obviously Austin Theory won, and we see where Austin Theory is on the card now. It didn't do anything for him. So mm. I don't know what it, you know, what could be <laughs> the last finale that we get with John Cena that makes sense, that is actually going to make us feel like, wow, he's put someone over and that person has climbed up the card or the, the at least their perception in our eyes as fans has, has improved. I don't know what it is. I... I, I I don't know. We just, I think I think Randy Orton actually said something recently about he wants to have another world title match against Cena. Mm -hmm. Maybe the the farewell is just a Orton versus Cena exhibition kind of match at WrestleMania, mm. and um, we move on. Obviously, those guys have a storied history, and then yeah, we just call it curtains because all of these younger stars beating him is clearly not really doing anything for them at this point. Or would it be? I mean, got, again, this is if time permits, or would it be better if he actually has the championship for a while, a championship for a while? Or do you think it's just like, it's not even believable? Not really. Not really. Intercontinental title, if I'm right, is the only championship he's never won. 24-7? Um, um, Did he do 24-7? Well, they've been that, <laughs> isn't it? So. <laughs> 
Um, he can he can resurrect I mean, it. I don't know. I mean, trust trust Cena to resurrect it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, right. I, don't, I don't know. Like, if a title would mean much, or would it make the fans, you know, resent him or, or stuff? Especially when there's seemingly a growing queue of you know eligible challengers for the top titles these days. Um, give it, give him a spot in the rumble. Let him form a little story with someone in the rumble. Then it pays off at WrestleMania and call it a day, man. Like just call it a day. It's, it's done. Okay. You 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 kind of have to pay off careers like this. And we've seen Cena lose a lot. And since since coming back to television, he's lost a lot. So for all the super Cena stuff that personally rubbed me the wrong way in my teens, college years, stuff like that, he's kind of paid it for Like I I'm one of the people that believes like it's on you to like do the job after I go out on my back. He's done that for a lot of people. I think it's time for Cena to have one of those Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade S exits where he does his tours. You create the shirt with all the tour dates and it's like, this is Cena's final farewell. You get your standing ovation in each arena until the final match at a WrestleMania, whether that's for the title or not, it could just be a match with Orton because Orton said he never wrestled him in a singles match at WrestleMania, just the same way edge, left WWE by wrestling Sheamus on the SmackDown. Those type of respect factors weigh a lot more. But I feel like in the era of like where records need to be broken, we're seeing it with Roman Reigns. I think it would be a disservice to who John Cena is to WWE if he doesn't reach the all-time title record. Because I don't feel like they're going to have any other superstars in the next decade, two decades, reach that many title reigns. So they might as well pay that forward, even if it's just transitional and you get cashed in on the, the next moment. They have to pay that forward for somebody who's given so much to the business. And I I don't believe for one second that at some point at age 55 that Cena won't be an on-screen character as like a general manager or some type of authority figure. That That's definitely going to happen. As a movie star, though, I don't see it. Because they have like... Define movie though. star. Even though he, and I'm, you know, I apologize if you guys haven't seen Fast and the Furious, but even though he kind of sort of died in Fast and Furious, Fast and Furious is like a soap opera. He might not have died. He died. So they have another, what, 10 more Fast and Furious is going. Uh, I mean, there's, there's, and when I mean by movies, I mean, he's in big, he's in big movies. And he's also on, like, he's not necessarily where Rock is, but he's still legitimately like he can call his shots as far as certain roles and stuff like yeah. that he's still very well established in the industry he's a great actor but i'm not i'm saying like he's not like a leading man or anything like that where it's like hey i'm going to see this movie because of john cena i'll give you that i'll give you that like, he's kind of fit, hit, found his his niche and he's like you know but he's not like movie star that's a stretch like <laughs> at least to me <laughs> I, I, well, let, let us I, know in the chat. No shade, no shade, John. Star, I think John's a, a great star. actor. Like, no, no shade, but just like he's I mean, an actor. I, That's what he is. John Cena is an, an actor. actor. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm sorry, John. Smooth. I was talking about movie star, but <laughs> he's a good, good role player. Complimentary he piece. Acts, he you know? acts in movies. He's not a movie star. He, he acts in movies. Wow! 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 There it is. There's always a moment when somebody new comes on and then they just they, they, they figure out the rhythm and then the shade ensues in such a, a perfectly politically correct way that 
for those who wow. got it, got it. For those who didn't, didn't. That was that was that. Was, I'm, that I'm with said. I just I just think we need to just be careful of the way we use the word star. That's that's mm. it. Yeah, like, mm. he, okay. he might he might body a couple roles, but ain't nobody like, hey, John Cena's on the marquee. I got I got Friday night. I got to pull up opening night. Nah, I don't, I don't know about that. Wow. Unless you're a wrestling fan, those are probably the only people that might that's, say that. That's now that's okay. a fair assessment. That's a fair All assessment. Right, well. Well, there, there it is. I'm sorry, John. I thought you was a movie star, but apparently, you're just a, if you want to, if you want to break him, I, th I think he's a better actor than Dwayne, but he's not like a star. But then, well, so yeah, then I think here's Dave's a better actor than both of them. But you wouldn't even call Dave a star. Like he's a, so. Do you think The Rock is a star, or do you just think he just has the power to put himself in movies? He's a star by proxy. Yeah, he he's a star. I, I like oh, well, the secondary but, thing you said. But, the money, the money, I mean, he he was the number one box office draw. Like that was not hyperbole. So he's a star. Uh, now, as we've seen in, I think, all things entertainment, whether that is music or pro wrestling, being a star and being the best aren't necessarily synonymous. And, and so, Dwayne's like the Drake of movies, where you get so many of them, but the quality the ain't really Drake there. Drake of movies. Wow. Like there's so much there, and it gets kind of diluted, and it's not that much quality. Wow. So you keep, you keep wow. Seeing them, like, <laughs> wow. 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 Drake. Wow. I just. I, the, 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 the catalog, no bars. Wow. It's a very deep, a lot, a lot of void out there. There's a lot of stuff, you know, but the, wow. First off, right. I'm offended because I, you know, it's, it's like you're doing a double disc and Drake is a very great artist. So, wow. But yeah. uh, as wow. a fellow Canadian, I can't accept that. But, um, you know, everybody's entitled to their opinions. This is this is America, I guess. <clears throat> this is not a hill turn, by the way. This is this is my authentic thoughts. <laughs> my lord. Okay. Um, well, you know what to do, Dylan. You know, you can cut that one up, and we'll send it to both Drake and The Rock, and see how they respond. Um, uh, based on your sentiments, ain't nobody coming to the IE, so I'm fine. You know, and <laughs> do out here. <laughs> ain't nobody gonna come to the IE. They're about to, they have to catch you outside in LA. Wow. Man, um, man. All right. Wow. Yeah. Um, That's. We can't top that. We no. Can't top no. That. We, we, yeah. Mm -hmm. we, um, with that being said, I think it's. I, 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 I guess it's time to go. Uh, uh, Matt, Matt's the only one that gets it. He he got exactly what I was saying. Like, <laughs> and and the thing is, I don't even watch movies too tough. But I just I just know mm -hmm. the Tolden Paul when it comes to yeah. Dwayne and John Cena and Dave. And from what people say, Dave is the best of the bunch. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay, well, wow. All right. Let's, yeah. I don't want to end the show like that. So let me let me say, face <laughs> here. We gotta uh, we gotta talk a little quick speculation on this Seth Rollins news. Now that it's reported that he actually tore his MCL and partial tore of his, tear of his meniscus as well, he's supposed to make an announcement on Monday Night Raw this week about his immediate plans as champion and his fu immediate future. We have, I think we all know 
that the game plan was supposed to be some type of form of Punk versus Rollins. Or, or, yeah, Punk versus Rollins. I don't know if we know if that needs the title or not. And to my knowledge, MCL meniscus recovery can be kind of a three-month, four-month window, if you would. Um, it's not as rigorous as tearing the ACL we've seen with some recent superstars. So what do you guys think? Is this going to be a sign of a dropping of a title? Do we see a sudden cash-in, or do we do we still get stuff at WrestleMania? I, don't, I mean, it, it's the, the way injuries are panning out, um, and I mean, said you just came off of one within the last couple of years. Um, the recovery time is a lot shorter than it used to be. Um, you know, especially if you have the money, the backing, the the technology, the doctors, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then, you know, physio and all that stuff. So um, there could be a way where he spins it or they spin it where he holds on to it. Um, I think it, it's more just dependent on what, because it still feels like WrestleMania is like the reset. It's like everything leads up to WrestleMania. There's a little bit of a reset. And then, you know, we're starting the, it's like WrestleMania is the, is is literally the new year. That's yeah, the start of 2024. So um, it, it really just depends on what the story, what the story was supposed to be and if they can still make it work or was the sport story supposed to for, be for him to carry it through WrestleMania and how they can make that work or scrap the story entirely because they don't know how long he's going to be out for and, you know, plan something new. There's still enough time where you can play it um, for WrestleMania opposed to it being two weeks before WrestleMania. I'm trying to remember the exact year, but uh, it was a few years back when he had an injury that happened. Um, Our informational officer Bosa said 2015. That that that's not the one I'm referencing though. 2019, oh, okay. I think it was. When yeah, that's brought, the one when I'm he talking first about. Samoa Joe up to the main roster. Yeah, uh, because he he was supposed to fight Triple H at uh wrestlemania and it looked very very bleak and he like came back like a week or two before um but he was off on injury what saddens me about this whole thing is it feels like ever since the creation of this world championship it was done for two things one to give seth a world title run but two to give seth that wrestlemania moment that he gets to walk in as champion something he's never done and the possibility that that may not happen now is kind of frightening. Um, it's it's kind of frightening, and I feel bad for him. Uh, I I wonder what's going to happen. I don't know. There are lots of ways they could do this. Um, to your point, TK, does Seth versus Punk need a belt? Absolutely not. You know, we would be just as invested in this belt or not. It's really about Seth and Punk, and so. This does make things very interesting. We don't know if Seth, I don't recall if Seth had an opponent already lined up for Royal Rumble. Um, but I just think this is going to get interesting. Does this impact who wins the Royal Rumble? Does it, I mean, what is, we don't know what's going to happen. And it could work out where if it's only a two month situation where he can be back for Mania then maybe they let him have the time off and keep the championship. I mean, Brock Lesnar went how many months without defending a title? You know, uh, our current Roman Reigns has gone several months without defending a championship. So there's certainly precedence for allowing him to keep the championship. The challenge, of course, is this is supposed to be the working man's championship, mm -hmm. which 
for better or for worse, I mean, let's just be honest. He didn't have to defend the title against gender. And, you know, you've got to wonder if he's sitting here thinking that match was not a necessary match and this could have cost him an awful lot. So we'll see what happens on Monday. All right. Uh, I said, is there anything else that you would like to uh, discuss? No. Okay. Hope he has a speedy recovery. Should have put the title on Shinsuke. But. Oh. And there's that. And there's that. I mean, you still picked an awkward way to finish, but here we are. Uh, with that being said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Oh, to oh our my. guests. Uh, how did you like the show? Will you be coming back? Where can people find you? All the things. Sure. Um, thank you for having me. Like I said, when we got here, um, I'll be happy to come back when you guys need me again. Um yeah, it's Max WrestleManiac UK on all platforms, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. So yeah, um, follow the journey. And then uh Seti said, where could everybody find you? You can find me on X at said says at C E double D underscore S A Y S. X is not a bad site that is formerly known as Twitter. You can find me on the gram at said is the answer. Also, you can find me on this platform every week, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. I write articles over this site as well as dailyddt.com. I should have some Royal Rumble content coming pretty soon. And for instance, journalistic journalism, which is formerly or appropriately dying right now, I do news shoots, cedricdweldon.com, Hawthorne Community Television, do all that good stuff there as well. We like cake over here. I couldn't clarify the difference between X and Twitter. That, that was too, too far. I got it. Just wanted to clarify. Um, all right. Uh, Professor, where can I find you? Uh, you can find me uh, at Bonnerfied on all of the platforms socially. You can check out my commentary work with IWE and Southern Honor Wrestling on IWTV. We've just dropped new shows for both promotions. So you can go and check those out. Also, you can check out my work with All Caribbean Wrestling and The Nightmare Factory on their YouTube pages. You can check out my work with Ashe Wrestling uh, at AsheWrestling.com. Let me just tell you guys, February 24th, it's going to be a thing. Yeah, It's it going to be a thing. Popping. So you guys, uh, make sure you check it out. If you can get to Charlotte, do that. If not, make sure you watch it on pay-per-view. It's going to be special. And a lot of other cool things are on the way in the month of February. And uh, next Saturday, yeah, next Saturday, I'll find out uh, if I win again for commentator of the year. So I'll tell you oh, about that. I thought, yeah. I, I thought it was something else. I, I know All what right. you thought I was going to say. No, <laughs> Zach no. thought it was the same thing, too. He looked <laughs> off. He's like, wait, we, we need to discuss this announcement. I, no, um, no, 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 no. I would not do that to you guys. All right. Well, you know, just let me know. Let's say, Professor, let me know what number you got in the uh, thirty man. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's oh my good. gosh! Uh, with that being said, you guys can follow me everywhere at TK Trina. Make sure you check out all our content at WW Talk Pod, um, www.talkpod.com. Um, our Izzy interview dropped on Tuesday on Fight TV. Um, oh my gosh, Mackenzie Mitchell is going to be dropping on Fight TV next Tuesday. Um, and we have a bunch of wow interviews dropping as well. So you can check all that out on our social media. Uh, with that being said, thank you guys so much for joining Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. Till next time, guys. Justice for Lola. Hey, guys. My name is Jay Cargo.